Hello and welcome back to the Couple's Guide to Stranger Things podcast. I'm Shan. And I'm Tom. And we're just a couple of super fans who met through our love of Stranger Things. In this episode, we have rewatched and we're about to discuss Chapter 3, Holly Jolly. Shall we dive in? Not like Barb did. <gasps> That's really mean. Before we do start discussing Holly Jolly, though, just want to say we've now passed 100 downloads Woo-woo! on this podcast. I don't, I don't know if that includes streams still, or if that's just people like pre-downloading episodes before they listen. I if it know. is pre-downloads and it doesn't include streams, that's insane. I mean, that to be fair, that's insane anyway. It's insane because. That can't just be us and my sister. <laughs> Unless you're just constantly replaying it and somehow that counts. No, but that can't count as download. If it's downloaded, it's downloaded. Yeah, that's it. I. Either way, wherever you're listening from, thank you. Thank I hope, you. I hope my accent isn't burning your ears too much. And um, Tom has been banned from eating whilst we record the podcast because I'm not going to say when it was and what episode, because I don't want to put people off, but I noticed him eating nom, well, nom, 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 yeah, nom, nom. while I was listening, and I was like, no, this is such an ick. <laughs> this is a pet peeve. Right, yeah, that's it. Yes, we're completely unprofessional. Yes, our microphone's in a cheese grater, but I have some standards. <laughs> I was hoping I was quiet, so I apologise to anyone. Who was put off by that? I hope you still <laughs> listen to us. Please forgive me. I'd like to say, though, to be fair, no one's mentioned it except me and my sister. <laughs> yeah, well, the ones who have permission to mention it, I suppose. <laughs> Sounds like, no, no more eating. So it's just drinks now. <laughs> oh, okay. You've got this. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to die. No, you're not. Although there will be potentially some yawning coming from me and I'm going to try very hard not to because it's been a long week of mummy daycare. Toddler. Yeah. That's that. That's all you need to say. It's been a long week, people. Of toddler. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. I'm I'm not saying I'm going to be skipping and dancing tomorrow when he goes to nursery, but there is a chance. (laughs) Yeah. You might hear her if you step outside. Yeah, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, there might be a Mummy scream. needs a break. There may be a scream of satisfaction. Yeah, you'll hear it. <laughs> but enough with our life. Um, let's start with chapter three. Yeah, let's get back into their lives rather than ours. Absolutely. So, obviously, we start on a very, very sad part. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is... If anything, their first sort of farage into, yeah, we're serious about this. Yeah. We can do horror. And it's really our first proper look at the Demogorgon as well. Yes, yes it is. This is the very first glimpse we get of it. And it's a quick flash in the pool. Yeah. Um, But either way, previously we've just seen silhouettes. Yeah. Now we've got a proper normal look at it. And it's, it's such a... I remember the first time I ever watched it, I was scared because I was thinking, oh my God, because obviously you don't know what you're about to see. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to see the Demogorgon properly attack Bob or anything like that. And and yes, you don't really see that, 
But Shannon is such a good actress that you really feel her desperation and her fear. Yet again, every actor that the casting crew found for this show, they just nailed every single character. Yeah, because I do truly think sometimes, well, most times really, imagination is even better. This is what I was just about to say. Yeah. There's a reason you hate paranormal activity. Yes. Oh my God. The film Paranormal Activity. I absolutely... That's the film that stopped me liking... I used to love horror films. Yeah. From when I was a child... I watched The Exorcist when I was like 10 and loved it. Like all, this, yeah. <laughs> all this kind of stuff. But then as soon as you watch that film and you can't see the thing doing the work... Yeah. That's it. Like you say, leaving it to the imagination for so long. And I, and I have got... Not to toot my own horn, but I've got a good imagination... Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it's a, that's a big problem. <laughs> but that's I think that's the hit when it leaves it to your imagination. Like you say, you have no idea what that demogorgon's doing to her. Yeah, because I'm thinking specifically of the the moment when she is holding onto the bars um, of the the ladder, the pool yeah. ladder, and you can just see like in a face that the determination to try and get away and the desperation yeah and like her screams and oh yeah the horrible thing is in this situation i mean i suppose when you're first watching it you might not really think this but now when you know what the upside down is you wonder even if you manage to get away where on earth are you gonna go i know i know it's not like you could go to the hospital because i'm guessing at least at that moment He's the demogorgon's got her foot or something. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. And I mean, it's (laughs) I say it's not good, but obviously it's such a powerful moment. And you know, you've got that montaged with Nancy and Steve, and yeah, I think that's quite a good moment, really, because obviously, like we start to see that there might be that link between the upside down and the real world because. Nancy can kind of like hear her. It implies for a that, moment. doesn't it? She yeah. never outright says it. I don't think it outright sort of says that, but there is that implication that she can. Either way, she's not a hundred percent comfortable. No, no. Which you know, even if it was a normal scenario, I don't think she was. I don't personally think she was ready. No. Fully. No. Um. But either way, it does imply that she's hearing. Yeah, because uh, she like, kind of like halts when the moment we hear Barb say, Nancy! Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, oh, well, we know that when there's a gate open nearby, you kind of hear through yeah. it. You do hear a, it's a muffle, there's a bit like an echo, but you do hear through it. Yeah. And that kind of like leads me on to. Um, the query I have really about Nancy and Will and how how do they get into the Upside Down? Because... You're in Barb and Will. Oh, sorry, I said Nancy, didn't you I? You did, yeah. Sorry, people, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how do they get into the Upside Down? Because yeah. we don't see them go through a physical gate like we are very used to in, you know, season two onwards. And, yeah, it just kind of confuses me a bit because, like, I don't know, with Barb, 
she she wakes up at the bottom of the pool in the upside down and you, like you notice she she's coughing up water yeah. so it naturally makes me think maybe there's a gate at the bottom of the pool we yeah. just don't see it so this is my sort of theory behind it um and that's it it's still a theory because it's it's sort of nearly retconned in the future seasons but either way my theory behind it is the demogorgon or in the background henry if they have planned out henry at this point is opening gates and then is able to close them pretty quickly yeah so the demogorgons getting around with gates Mm. and i mean even in like the buyer's house when it breaks through the wall the gate is sort of behind either the paint or the wallpaper yeah and then it's just i don't know how it goes back to being all fixed but yeah yeah that's that's also a good point (laughs) that's it i don't know how much they planned in this season and then once they realized this show was becoming a big thing with season two they were like right okay we're going to start properly doing this now and so some ideas about the demogorgon in season one have just slipped away yeah i definitely get a lot of that that's it because it's like as we know from the beginning of season two when l um breaks through the gate into back into the high school not the high school the middle school yeah it's quite it's quite a challenge for her to do it it's not like a two second job no she has to really fight through and i know it's because it's closing up but she really has to fight through to get there but like will disappears in a flash this is it so well on that i think the demogorgon's claws probably just help it rip open the gate a lot easier because if you remember with the gate that l has to get through Mm. um back into the school it's like it's nearly like flesh yeah it's a bit of a membrane yeah and it has a layer of air quotes here but skin closing it yeah and she has to rip that open Mm. whereas the demogorgon with its claws can probably just literally slice it open yeah nice and easy and have no problem getting through um so I think there's that, and then as well as that as well, if this is Henry, as I say, we've seen with L, the more you use your powers, the better you get at it, and yeah. the easier it is for you. So if Henry is deliberately opening gates and closing them, he's going to be able to do that with just a click of his fingers down the line. That's true, but then it kind of contradicts how Henry slash Vecna, like how he acts in season four, because he doesn't pull any of his victims into the upside no, down he goes into their mind he brings their mind to him but not their physical body yeah and why does he need these sacrifices shall we say to open gates yeah. if he's able to just open gates as and when he pleases in mm. season one why does he suddenly need someone to die and then a gate just appears where they died yeah it, i, I yeah. think I think very much like you said, it probably is a case of they're not too sure if season one was going to be renewed for another season or not. And so they've kind of tied up loose ends in a way, um, but they've left certain things open, like, you know, what's going to happen with Will and what was going to happen with Elle. Um, But yeah, so I do think that might, with the way that... Um, the way that Barb and Will are kind of transported to the Upside Down doesn't really make sense 
canon now. Exactly that. I think as the show's gone on, I think, like you say, they from season one, as a writer, you're going to want to have a base structure yeah. of what you want to do. So things for the important characters, like Elle, Will, they're all going to be planned out. And I mean, I think they said themselves, their thought process behind season one and it not being renewed after that was, yep, yeah, Elle's dead. Elle's yeah. gone. That's that. That's the end of the story. No happy ending. But then, obviously, it is renewed. And thank you, Duffs, for giving us so far okay endings. Yeah. And I mean, like I say, season two, I always say this, season two, if it weren't for that pant of the mind flare... Yeah. Right at the end, that was their happy, they've happily ever after. Well, that's why that's why my yeah just came out as yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I was like yeah, but mind flare the way it ups and <laughs> goes upside down. I'm like why? I know exactly. That's why ruin the snowball? Yeah, that was them basically saying to Netflix, "Give us season three, or you'll lose all your subscribers." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're threatening them. <laughs> Look, you're holding them at gunpoint, basically with that. <laughs> If it did just end with the mind... Well, if it just ended with the snowball as a happily ever after, Netflix would be like, no, you've finished now. We don't need to renew you. Oh, God, no. Imagine. No, I mean, I don't think... I think Netflix would allow Stranger Things to go on for however long they wanted. Honestly, I pretty much imagine the uh, Netflix gods are literally on their hands and knees in front of the Duffers begging for more. Yeah. And thankfully we know there's going to be spin-offs isn't there's there, going to so... be more. Yeah. It's not going to follow the storyline as we know it anymore, the characters we know. Maybe some of them will be in there, but who knows. But do you know what? In a way, obviously it's devastating. But in a way, I'm okay with that if oh, yeah. our characters get peaceful endings because then I'm like, yes, leave them alone now. Mm-hmm. Let them live happily. Yeah. Let them live the life they deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So next, really, on the agenda is The Boys and Project... Oh, no, no, sorry. Not Project, people. Operation Mirkwood. Yes. This made me laugh. Um, Obviously, we're at this point where Elle has shown them that Will is... Well, I don't think they know it's an upside down yet, but no, Will's in that's... a different location and there's a demogorgon. Yeah, exactly that. And obviously they don't quite get the context of how big and deadly yeah. this demogorgon is. You know, they're, they're 12. They are just thinking, yeah, we can take it out with a slingshot. A wrist rocket. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> and that's, like, sorry, you go on. Sorry, I like how now the name matters. It didn't matter with Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, but Slingshot versus Wrist Rocket, that yeah, matters. The Wrist Rocket. And that's it. Lucas's bag, you know, it's full of weapons. Um, as we say most famously, the Wrist Rocket. And Dustin brings snacks. That is his bag. <laughs> He's and, my kind of man. Yeah, and this got me to thinking, obviously they're 12 years old in season one. What would be in your 12-year-old backpack if you were on um, Operation Mirkwood? That is a very good question. Don't get me thinking on the spot. <laughs> I should have thought this earlier because you asked me earlier. <laughs> 
So for me, I had a little think about it. I was trying to think back to 12-year-old me because that's it. It wouldn't be fair to do it as adult us because we'd be like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know how to shoot a gun, but we'd be like something <laughs> to get rid of the devil. This is um, point and pull. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, right, 12-year-old me, what would that be? So I'm like, definitely snacks. I'm sorry. Definitely snacks. Yeah. Um, There'd be chocolate there. Um, There would be... Maybe a skipping rope. I know that sounds random, but thinking about my 12-year-old self, I feel like there'd have been a skipping rope. And, you know, you could do a lot with a skipping rope, to be fair. Um, Yeah, I suppose. I also was, like, netball captain then, so I feel like I'd have a a ball and have a netball. So instead of a wrist rocket, you're just going to throw a ball at his face. Yeah, we're just going to launch the ball at his face. And just hope it opens its mouth at the perfect time yeah. and it gets clogged in its throat. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be stupid stuff. Like, I'd be like, nail polish remover. I can chuck it over the Demogorgon. I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, it'd be really rubbish stuff, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any thoughts honestly at the moment no Just I snacks. can't 12 year old me is so lost in the past <laughs> like I'm such a different person I genuinely unless we discover time travel I can't go back and ask that version of me what's going on Fair enough. I genuinely can't remember that version of me well I obviously didn't know a 12 year old version of you but let me have a little think of what I I think you would have had Doctor Who's screwdriver you want me to have a sonic screwdriver? I feel like you'd have had a sonic screwdriver, yeah. Is it real or is it just a toy? That's up to you, my friend. <laughs> so you'd have a sonic screwdriver, no doubt. Um, you'd definitely have chocolate and sweets. Yeah, that, that that's a given. You would have... Do you know what? We're talking a backpack here. She is probably the most perfect weapon you could have had. Your dog, Lucky. <laughs> She's just going to eat that Demogorgon right up. I bet she could have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. I, she, I never got demolished... to meet Lucky, but uh, she was a feisty little thing, wasn't oh, yeah. she? Just a tiny little cane terrier. Yeah. But you know the rules. The tinier dogs are the most fierce. Yes. they have to defend themselves. Yeah, my dog was the same. Yeah. I think she'd have been your perfect weapon because she would have had it out with that time of cooking. The way she demolished sausages, she would have had no problem eating that thing inch for inch. So maybe then, if you'd had some sausages as well, you could have chucked them at the... We could have used the wrist rocket to chuck the sausages at the Demogorgon and then Lucky would have just gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> you go, Lucky. I love how this uh, episode has got so This far. is all over the place. You said this would be our shortest episode. If we keep straying <laughs> to the side like this, I don't think so. I'm tired, people. Not that I've, you know, I haven't mentioned that earlier, but I'm delirious. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be like all over the place. Harry, when he goes well past his bedtime and he just loses his mind yeah. and starts running around the place diving on the sofa, crashing into the door, <laughs> giggling his little head off. Oh, God. And we're just sat here like, we made that. Good Lord, what have we done? <laughs> and another one on the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right, I will try and be professional now, people. We're I'll... not professional. 
I'm gonna go back to my notes here. So now we've got Elle in the Wheeler house. The boys have gone to school and she is doing what well, I, I love that she does this because I think it's such like a innocent child thing to do. Absolutely. Even though she's meant to stay in the basement, she has a good explore around yeah, the house. That's it. She's confident the house is empty at this point, so she's like, why? Yeah. Why should I stay here? It's boring. But I also love the fact that she's like that because it shows that she feels safe. Yeah. Yes, it does. That is a very good point. That she's not like, oh my gosh, I need to stay in my blanket fort. I need, you know, I can't yeah. even get out of that because I'm not safe. Yeah, she's not there cowering in a little ball. Yeah. Shivering away, thinking I'm going to be found any second now. Yeah, she, she is a bit more like you see a couple of smiles and... You know, it's lovely to see. And then, yeah, so she, you know, unfortunately, she does, you know, start having her flashbacks. Yeah. She sees the, the Coca-Cola advert on TV and and we see our first snippet, really, of what she's had to go through yeah. in the lab. Exactly, and that's it. It's You said this earlier, but this is how you do product placement and yeah. brand deals. Because it's not, they're not in your face. No, exactly. They're there. Yeah, obviously, you, anyone who knows how product placement and brand deals works, you know for a fact that Coca-Cola have paid a bit of money to get on yeah. this show as a brand in your face. But nobody's there saying, which do you prefer, new Coke or old Coke? <laughs> you can see someone has an issue with uh, season three branding. <laughs> I'm going to try and hold back from my uh, opinions of season three because it does have plenty of good stuff oh yeah it, has when we pl- get, it does have when plenty we get of amazing there, it's got plenty of good stuff but um, I think the money went a bit to their heads potentially but you know we'll get there when we, we get will. to season we've three we've still got uh, 12 episodes I think I have there. no idea I'm not even going to attempt to try and count them no I might be a super no, fan, no, 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 but no, 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 I just can't. <laughs> 14 episodes, oh, I think. I have no idea. If people know that's right, they should let Tom know. <laughs> <laughs> but when she, when Elle explores the house, obviously she goes to Nancy's room and, you know, she has the music box, which kind of entrances her a bit. And then she sees the photos and, and that kind of brought different things out for both of us, didn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, so is this the photo where she sees Bob? One of the photos, yeah. Okay. She, she's had a good scope around all of yeah, them. Yeah, so first of all, the music box, her reaction to that is as if she recognises the music. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, if you've read Suspicious Minds, go skip a couple of seconds or minutes if you want to read that and you don't want spoilers. But Terry has one that's apparently identical also yeah um and i'm not saying Elle remembers things when she was in the womb yeah but subconsciously it's as if she recognizes that music like it was potentially a comforting sound but i suppose that's the point yeah and i don't think so much is a spoiler really for suspicious minds because we do see that in stranger things as well i'm sure we we do do. yeah i think we have a glimpse of it in when Elsie's what would have been a room. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's in the room at... Um, what's Becky? Yeah. Becky. Uh, yeah, uh, we do see it there. 
Yes, we do. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, yeah, so either way, at this, at this point in time, she's never seen one in person before. Yeah. So her recognising that music, if she's recognising the music, um, that's kind of odd. But either way. But then, yeah, staying on for there before I linger anymore, the <laughs> pictures then, um, like you say... It's her first sort of glance at what a little, well, any kid, really. It's her glance at what childhood should have been. Yeah. Compared to hers. What she's missed out on. That's it. She's really learning how bad her life has been. Yeah. And how evil Brenner and the rest of the lab gang are. That's it. And, And like I said... It also, it made me sad because, again, the brilliance of Millie's expressions. Yeah. But, like, the way she's looking at these pictures of Nancy as a little girl and she's thinking very much along the same lines of what you said, but, like, oh, this is what a little girl should be like or should look like. Yeah. And that's very sad. You know, it's like she can't... um, she can't resonate with that at all. No, exactly. And that's it. It's because, I mean, with season four, we know that she puts everything from the lab yeah. behind her. So we're, at the moment, we don't know if she remembers any of the other kids from there. No. But if she, even if she does, all of them have got shaved heads. Yeah. So she's never, other than the staff... She's never seen a girl with long hair. No. Or a boy with any sort of hair. They're all buzz cut, basically. Um, and yeah, that in that sense, they all look the same. And then, yeah, she's seen these pictures mm. of a girl younger and then growing up, sort of same age as her, maybe, and onwards. Yeah. And she's got this long, flourishing hair, these dresses or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, she's getting that context of... Why am I? Why was that taken away from me? Absolutely. It why is, am I so different? What did I do? It's all like an awakening, isn't it, for her? And it, yeah, and I think it's such an important awakening because at the moment, that lab is all she's ever known, really. Yeah. I think she's, I mean, she's already telling people they're bad, so she knows that much. Yeah. But at this point in time, you wouldn't even be really blaming her if she did go back, in a sense, of just wanting that familiarity. Well, it is all she's known, literally. Exactly, She was it. taken literally from her mother's womb, you know. She she doesn't know anything else, and it's, it's so sad, but I'm so, like, proud of her for starting to... Awaken to what yeah. she's been through and how it's actually not normal. Exactly. Which I feel it. like she must have always known on like some sort of level, like a gut feeling yeah, of right and wrong. That's it. She must... Well, I think... I think she knows from the way she's being locked up Yeah. whenever she goes against Brenna's wishes. I mean, the thing is, she might not know that's a evil or bad thing because that's all again all she knows currently but either way it's basically like us saying the word no 
to Harry. Yeah. And him throwing an absolute tantrum. <laughs> because we're the most evil person in the world for saying no to him smashing a plate. <laughs> so, same concept. She doesn't know it's evil, but she's not happy with being thrown in a room. No, exactly. Um, and so, when she gets out of there and sees the fact that there's this big open world yeah. out there, and no other adults out here are treating her the same way. You know, especially with Benny. Benny found her stealing food. Yeah. And was mad. But never did he seem like he was going to throw her in a cage no. or something. No. He was just, yeah, mad. And that's it. Like, with Benny, maybe she even expected, like, oh, what what is my repercussion going to be now? What's he going to do? Yeah. Is he going to chuck me in a... A cellar, room, a cell, yeah. yeah. And the fact that he obviously doesn't must have been such a shock to her. Yeah. You know, that would have been the first time she'd ever experienced that. Exactly. No repercussions. This is it. This is Benny was her first hint of a good person. Yeah, definitely. So from that, she's learned that the lab people are bad. Yes. So um, that's it. When he's gone... Well, as soon as they're there, she knows she needs to run. Because now she knows full well that these people are bad. They're going to start locking her up again. She might be in trouble for even longer. They might throw her in a cage and never let her out at this point because she's run away. Yeah, exactly. So they're surely going to be furious. But um, that's it. She absolutely likes it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back to the pictures. Yeah. She does see the pictures of Barb... And there does seem to be some sort of recognition there. Yeah. But at this point, she doesn't know Barb is dead. But does she? I don't think well, no, she does no, no, because no, no, of no, obviously... No. Her reaction in the pool. Yeah. The scene when she does find Barb's body in the void. So I do wonder about that. Like, even a, a part of me, and I know they weren't planning this, but a part of it would almost link to... When she's sleeping, is she almost like connecting into Vecna's thoughts kind of thing? Maybe. Like, and has seen Will via his thoughts or has seen um, Barb via his thoughts. Maybe. Just a little theory. And like I say, it's probably not true because I don't think they were even planning Vecna at this point. No, generally don't think they would happen. But it would fit. Yeah. Like, you know, if there's a little bit of a connection of mind there... Just a small that she gets when she's sleeping to kind of pick up on knowing about those people. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, something that surprised you when I mentioned this earlier when we saw that scene is that I don't remember realising that she's specifically looking at Barb. Yeah. Because obviously she's looking at all these pictures of mainly Nancy, uh, some of Mike, and Mm. obviously Holly as well. Um, her reaction to the pictures I honestly thought was just her sort of being like this is what I missed out on yeah I never that had this that sad feeling of this is what I missed I, I'm never going to be able to live that life because look at me I look nothing like these oh, kids no. so that's it it's a bit of sadness in that but then yeah you make a good point that she like she did with Will and his picture in the science fair, she's looking directly at Barb. Yeah. And seems to recognise her. 
for yeah. some reason or another. But yeah, that's it. I completely miss the fact that obviously Nancy asks her to find Barb. And then her reaction is very much scared and shocked. Yeah, definitely. When she finds Barb dead. When she's screaming so, gone, so... I don't know if she knows that Barb is in the Upside Down, maybe. I'm not sure. But but she did definitely seem to have some sort of recognition of her photo. Yeah. But just to kind of segue into more scenes and moments that had happened in this episode, where, you know, we're saying that Elle looks at these pictures and sees what she's missing out on and doesn't feel like any kind of stereotypical little girl what's lovely is that mike does not seem to care at all about that he doesn't care about any of the abnormalities in l no like like you say he hasn't once mentioned the hair no first of all and yet doesn't mention the fact that they found her in an overgrown t-shirt and nothing else. He's not confused. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know if the word's confused, but he's not shocked when she doesn't know what school is. Yeah, that's it. Even that's it in her mannerisms and not resembling a little girl, and her lack of knowledge of the world. Yeah, you know things that should be obvious. School, telling the time. Yeah, power lines. He just accepts it about her and. It's it's so 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 lovely. It just and shows how beautiful of a person Mike is. Yeah, definitely. And again, very much like the last episode, the way he speaks to her is with a tenderness, and we're not the only ones, obviously, now picking up on this because Lucas has that incredible scene. Yeah. Where he's saying, you know, oh, L, L, marry, well, eleven or marry me, you know. Yeah. Um, no, he is saying L. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's very much saying, Mike, he gets your game. He knows you have fallen. Yes. For this girl. Maybe he even can... before you do. Well, maybe. I know you say you uh, fell in love at first sight, but um, do you know that at this point? I don't know for I don't sure. Know. I always thought the moment he might have felt something was when he first saw her laugh on the Lazy Boy. Yeah. Like, that's previously where I thought it would be. Because um, his reaction to her laugh is him laughing as well. And they sort of look at each other in that sort of yes. way. Um, so that's always the moment I thought it was. But, yeah, either way, I'm like... Do you know yourself? No, exactly. And yes, it's a kid's thing to deny it. You know, yeah. and later on when uh, Nancy's like, do you like Cal? He's like, ew, no, gross. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I think he knew at that point. Because yeah, he pulls a bit of a face like, no, no, I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's My eyes sort of are a good back scene and as forth. well. Because um, obviously, you know, he's like, oh, do you like Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> it is really sweet. And yeah, I just, I love this budding relationship between Mike and Elle. I love it. And I just love like the innocence of them in this. And they just did it so well. Because like I can honestly, I know there's a million movies out there that would have kind of like childhood sweethearts. But for me, I can honestly say 
There's not that many that I've I've physically seen. No. There's only either. a couple here and there. Um, but even those the kids are a bit older in it. Um, a good one I would plug is Flipped. It's, I knew you were going to say it's, that. It's a bit underrated actually, and it's such a good film. Flipped is brilliant. It really is. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And and that's like a childhood sweetheart kind of film. Yeah. But they're older, obviously, than Mike and Ella are in this. So that's it. I hadn't really seen it It done so well. No. At the age that they are. Exactly. That's it. Um, and a little plug I can't help but not mention for Flipped. If you're reading The Life We Deserve <laughs> at all. The whole scenario. Which is one of my stories, by the way, for people who were like, what? <laughs> I'd hope they know. Well, there's something wrong with you if you don't know. But, um. Oh, <laughs> but, um. James and Chloe. You didn't even realise that you were basically writing flipped with them. I know. And I love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I literally came up to you one day and I was like, you, you're nearly writing flipped here. I thought, oh my god, yeah. But I love it. And yeah. Yeah. it works so well for them though. It does, yeah, that dynamic. Anyway. Yeah. Flipped is really good, so people go yeah. watch that. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we obviously could not talk about Malevin, so no, it, ha- it had there to come, we go. It had to come in at some point, people. It and had that's to come it. In. I'm not even fully done because I just want to finish up with Mike, you're amazing. Because as I say, you're not better than an eyelid at any of her abnormalities and as soon as she's just asked I mean she's not even properly asking she's just repeating things you say yeah as if you're speaking a different language so power lines and you're like yeah behind the house and then meet me there after school school yeah yeah free one uh, free 15 and she she doesn't even bother repeating at this point because I think she's fed up with herself not understanding things yeah. here. She kind of has that look on her face like, you're going to get fed up of me asking questions here. I'm fed up at how much I don't know. Surely you are going to get annoyed. But yeah. not once is he annoyed. He just immediately sort of seems to realise, oh yeah, if you don't know what all these are, maybe you don't know what a clock is. Maybe you don't know how time works. So here's my watch. Yeah. When these numbers read 315, meet me outside. And he doesn't bat an eyelid at any of it. No. He's he just like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll teach you how to read the time. This is 315. It's just so cute. And like the, the little eye contact that they have in those moments and the smiles. Yeah. Like she's doing her lovely little smiles again. Yeah, her little twitch of a smile there. I think was a bit of a thankful one yeah. as well in a okay I'll meet you there yeah it was sort of an agreement but I honestly think it was a bit of a thankful one in the fact that not again not once has he put an eyelid at things that she probably feels stupid for yeah and again there's that element of trust because he's asking her to go somewhere in the middle of the day yeah. when she's trying to hide yeah you know, so there is that element of trust that she trusts him that, yes, I will come out of my hiding place in the middle of the day. Yeah, you know, exactly. To meet That's you. That's it. She doesn't know that there might not be lab people out there waiting no, to grab her. Absolutely but, not. Yeah, I just absolutely love them through season one. Definitely. Absolutely. 
But speaking of the lab, there are moments in this episode where suspicions are starting to raise with Hopper, but we also get a little bit more of an indicator as to what the lab does. And some of that, obviously, was in the flashbacks with Elle. Yes. But there are the moments where Hopper goes to the lab. Yeah. And on the um, security footage, it shows no rain the night that they had the search party when they think that, well, they think at this point potentially Will, you know, has come through that um, tunnel. And there's no rain on the tape. Not at all. And that makes me laugh. It makes me laugh because I think the lab is usually so good at, like, covering their tracks. Yeah. They've been doing this for, well, since, like, Terry. Well, before Terry, as we know, with Henry. And what a stupid mistake to make. Yeah. I suppose it's not Brenner making a mistake, though. No, I suppose it's not. just this head of security, if that's what he is. Um, but, like you say, it's such a rookie error. Yeah. But at the same time, it's something I didn't notice when I was watching it. Obviously, when Hopper says it, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's a good point. But do you know what I've just thought, actually? It's only just popped into my head. It might be because it was rushed. Very possible that yeah. they literally had to quickly destroy the video and change the, you know, edit it whilst Hopper's at the gate. Well, that's it. I and mean, by the gate, I mean security gate, not the upside down gate. Like, when he's like, no, I want to come in and speak to your head of security and all that stuff. Yeah. It's possible that they're like, right, quickly. Yeah. Do it now because he's going to yeah, want to see the tape. They had to rush through. So someone had to find a tape of yeah. the outside where nothing really happens. Change the date and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, swap the date on the, I assume they're labelling them. So yeah. swap the date on the label and all of that. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe because it was potentially done in a rush. Exactly, so that's it. It might not even be this head of security's mistake. It might just be some rookie guy who just watches the CCTV all day, rotting his brain. Yeah, but I'm obviously glad for the mistake because then it really starts Hopper's suspicions then. As yeah, why and it lying. starts to show Hopper as such a good detective. Yeah. Because while, like I say, I didn't notice lack of rain until he said it. No, I can't say I did, to be fair. No, that's it. It just shows him picking out so many little bits. Yeah. And, I mean, it ties into what he's like in his book, Darkness at the End of Town. Yeah. Which, again, I don't know how canon that is. Um, I doubt it is. But, again, I just love all these little bits that link together. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... We, uh, f- through the first few episodes, he seemed like a bit of a lost person. And we learned that's because of his daughter. Yeah. Um, But, like, he's sleeping in a absolute tip of a trailer. Sleeping around with a librarian. Yeah. And then, yeah, we're starting to see that, yeah, he's actually good at his job. He is. And, and he's not really... I suppose he's a bit rusty to begin with. You know, it's yeah. a sleepy town and that's it. Not much from, has happened. Yeah, exactly. That coming from like New York, like um I think it's um Powell who says, Oh, you must feel like a big town cop again, hey chief over Yeah Will missing. Is it New York? I thought it was somewhere I've, like Chicago or something. 
I don't know for sure. I'm sure New York is mentioned somewhere, but maybe that's just a false memory. Hmm. Um, either See, way, people, we don't bit, know everything. <laughs> we pretend like we do, and we think we do, <laughs> but then there's always going to be something that I slip up on, and you can <laughs> laugh at me for. Yeah. But either way, big town. Yeah, so, definitely big you know, city. Big yeah, city exactly. Car. And if you've read Darkness at the Edge of Town, you get the kind of thing he was in. Again, if it's canon. Yeah. Um. So he's gone from that to this sleepy town where nothing is happening. Exactly. Anymore now that Henry's gone. Mm. <laughs> um. So that's yeah. it. It's like he's grabbing onto anything really because it's probably piqued his interest and then we have those scenes in the library where he starts going through the articles and we get our first kind of introduction into terry and the mk ultra and brenner being named in terry's lawsuit so all these names are really starting to come up and we're seeing that the lab has got a big history yeah exactly um the first time i watched it i never made that link with terry no. Um, even when they go and see Becky. Oh, really? Like, I never properly made a link there. Um, and now I think back to it, I'm like, what an idiot. Was <laughs> I even watching? I, but that's the thing, isn't it, though? When you binge watch, like I said, I think on the first rewatch episode, the beauty of not been, um, binge watching this is that I'm taking in all the small details because yeah. I'm kind of cherishing the episode. Rather than being like, right, right, what's next? What's next? Come on. Uh, it's so painful to be like, what's next? I well, know. Or to not be like that even. Like, honestly, the cliffhangers they leave you on this show, it was impossible not to watch this entire show in one sitting. Oh, definitely. Which I yeah. did. And yes, it was only the two seasons back then, 17 episodes. Yeah. But I, I still well. have no shame at all. Oh god no. I did the exact same thing and I'm, I think most of the fans did. Like yeah. we binge watched yeah, season 1 season 2 and then I binge watched them again. Yeah, but but pretty much the same. I think I watched both episodes, both yeah. episodes, both seasons. I think I might have lasted an hour or two. Maybe. Yeah. Before I ended up just watching it again. Absolutely. And then forcing my mother to because I need at that point I'm just like, right, I need to see other people's reactions to this. Yeah, and you need to speak to someone about it as well. Exactly. So forced my mother to, forced a couple of friends to. And then I ran out of people and I was like, Well I need more now. <laughs> In comes the fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, right, I'm gonna put the stigma that fan fiction has behind me <laughs> and just hope someone's actually bothered writing following from canon continuing canon and i've got to say you know there's a hell of a lot of good fan fiction stories out there honestly that there were so many back then yes um and obviously i i don't know how to say this without insulting the modern fandom but it especially malevolent was so much more alive back then yeah but i think it's because it's it was new and it was a new relationship and nowadays you know people will ship really anyone with anyone if they're canon or not you know and i mean because they're not they're not getting those moments out of the show no and the thing is where you say that like 
other ships out there, like Byla's always been a thing. Yeah. I think, what's it called? Haring Grove, uh, Billy and Steve. That's <laughs> always been a thing. Yeah. Um, but there were so many writers who were just continuing canon. Whether they were continuing, like, post-season two, or they were doing fillers of missing scenes, or they were just doing, like, little... Sort of imagine Marvel What If. Yeah. Sort of just remixing things here and there to see what would happen if this happened instead. It seemed like so many more people were bothering with canon, some 11 and all of that. Yeah. And now it's nearly... And when you want canon, it's nearly dead at the moment. It's not dead, people. We've got to bring it back. <laughs> We're lingering in the shadows. That's <laughs> that's it. Against all the non-canon stories, which the thing with fan fiction is I've got nothing against your writer. You know, that's it. That's the whole thing of fan fiction is you can do what you want. Yeah. You know, you make Byler real, you make Steady real, whatever. But at the moment, we... Eleven shippers or canon writers are Eddie fending off against the Demobats. That's how I put us. But you know what? I think that's because we are getting what we want. Yeah, no, we are getting Eleven in the show. Yeah, we are getting Mike telling Elle he loves her. We are getting what we want, and yeah. So, unfortunately, for the shippers that don't ship Malavin or are shipping other ones, unfortunately, they're not getting what they want. Yeah. So, they have to write it. Ironically, that's the whole reason why I got into fan fiction after season two, is because I needed more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is it. I needed more. And I, I, the thing with fan fiction is I still need more. <laughs> you know? And I'm always going to need more. We never want the show to end. No. Um. So, I just hope. Because... The show has to end at some point. Yeah. I just hope that we writers can do what we can to keep it alive. I hope so. But we are getting completely off course here. I know. From I, I rewatch of you. episode three. Where are we? We've gone, we've gone 50 minutes, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Right, people. We're going to refocus. We've got to do this. Just slap me and shut me up. And I just need to find <laughs> something to like chuck at you, don't I? Yeah. But the thing is, I ramble too, so I'm just as guilty. But, no, we will get back to things. So, obviously, a big moment in this, and a big moment of all the Stranger Things, it's so iconic, is Joyce, the lights, yeah. and, of course, her her letter wall, as I'm going to call it. Yeah, <laughs> so you remember when I say, um, when I was seeing this show on social media when it first released, Yeah. and as I was scrolling past, I was like, yeah, and these news articles are saying you must watch this show. You must watch this. This is the next big thing. And I'm like, whatever. I don't follow trends. Blah, blah, blah. That was the picture I saw. Was Joyce with the... Well, not even Joyce, but the picture of the lights around the letters. And so the concept I got from the show just from that picture was just like, okay, it's a Ouija board made on a wall with Christmas lights for some reason. It's iconic. It's Now it's iconic. Yeah. But back then I was just like, why am I going to like a show that's about Ouija boards? Well, that's it. It's like my Christmas dress 
I've been able to get away with calling that a Stranger Things dress because it's covered in, like, Christmas lights. Yeah, exactly. Against a black background. So everyone's like, oh, it's your Stranger Things dress. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is indeed. It is Absolutely, indeed. 100%. I literally wore it to Stranger Things The First Shadow. Yeah. Because, yeah, it though that moment, that's... The scene with the wall, the pictures of the wall is so iconic. It is. It to Stranger is. Things, definitely. And obviously you had some thoughts, didn't you, about the wall and how that works with the upside down? Well, most of the lights. Yeah. Um, and sort of tying in with season four as well. But yeah, first of all, with the wall anyway, I'll, I'll get that one out of the way because that should be quick, is obviously any time the Demogorgon's coming through, we know it's making a gate. Yeah. To get through. What I don't understand is why the either paint or wallpaper is then undamaged. Yeah. Once it's done. Yeah. So, again, it's just stuff that they seem to not properly plan. Yeah, we're going to have to put future. it down to it being season one. Like, yeah. that literally Yeah, the exactly. Answer. That's it. Them thinking this is the only season we're going to get, so we don't need to plan this all out. Yeah. It's just able to get through your wall. Deal with it. But funnily enough, what I was actually referring to uh, when I said the wall was the letters. Right, in terms of how Will knows what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, lights-wise. The thing with the lights I get in season one is why they are lighting up in their patterns. So we know... Later on, when Joyce and Hopper are walking through the house in the Upside Down... Yeah. And um, the rest of them are setting up the Demogorgon trap in the real Byers house. When people walk near a light in the Upside Down, that light illuminates. So, from what you get with the lamps, as they are spinning around constantly, I'm like... Is Will right now just running in circles like an absolute lunatic? Yeah. And you made a good point. He's probably just... He knows the Demogorgon's coming, so he's, like, looking for the gun or something. Yeah, he's probably frantically searching for something, some sort of protection. Yeah, so there's that. Um, And then with the Christmas lights sort of lighting in sequence, pointing Joyce to the little cupboard thing... They're lighting one by one on the way down and then starting from the beginning. So that makes it look like Will is running along to from the hallway to the thing and then just suddenly somehow going back to the start and running again. Yeah. And then, yeah, once we're finally in the cupboard, that's when what's established as canon in terms of working as a light starts to make sense. Yeah. Because then... The lights are constantly illuminated, so you can sort of picture Joyce is sat in that little cubby in the real world, and then you could sort of imagine on the upside down side of things, Will is sat in the exact same position Mm. as Joyce. So they're sharing the same space in the two worlds. And then, again, because there's a gate behind the wall, Will is now able to hear his mother. Yeah. So she's asking him questions and he is finally like right I can show you that you're not losing your mind this is me behind the lights yeah I am now able to respond to you and yes I can only blink these lights 
as you say, one for yes, two for no. But you're getting responses here. This isn't just random lights flickering. You can't put this down to power because these lights aren't plugged in. No, exactly. Where are they getting their power from? And like one of the obviously questions that she asks him is if he's alive. Yeah. And he says yes. He does say yes. Obviously, he says he's not safe. Yeah. But that, and yeah, that's as far as the conversation there can go before the whole uh, Ouija board on a wall. And but, run and the demogorgon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that, but the whole thing of him saying he is alive, you know, that sets in stone the whole bit where you were thinking, is he, is he in limbo? Is he a ghost? Is he yeah. alive? Is he dead? We now have confirmation from, well, in air quotes, because you don't know at this point, him, that yeah. he's alive. So, but then, two seconds later, they're pulling his body out of the river. Well, not the river, the quarry. Yeah, that I remember the first time I watched it, I was so confused. Yeah, I think, thinking back, I wouldn't be surprised watching that if I was like, uh, verbally, what? Literally, yeah. I, I was. I was like, what the hell? Because yeah. I didn't at this point think that body was a dummy no no that never came to me at all and more so because i know mike obviously in his shock says no it's not it's not him it's not will and then luke but when lucas said it is because they're his closest friends and one of them confirmed it is yeah i went from being on the same lines of mike to oh my god it is then that's it i Again, never had a hint of it not being well from yeah. anything, really. Because um, obviously Mike is saying that in denial. You know, it yeah. can't be anyone, well. Will anyone can't be would, dead. yeah. That's just not how this is supposed to work. We're supposed to find him safe and bring him home and then go back to normal. But for the first time in his life, and no kid watches this, like, you know, these kids are being traumatised from now. Yeah. really is when their trauma starts Absolutely. they're watching Will's body be pulled out of a river not river but you know what I mean <laughs> I keep, keep saying, saying river, river. Way. I don't know why <laughs> the um, quarry. either way they're watching their best friend being pulled out of a body of water I'll go with <laughs> completely dead like, yeah. whether he's drowned whether something's killed him and then put him there either yeah. way he's dead Yeah, and so straight away trauma from that point definitely um, but you raise a good point Elle seems so confused and I don't know if she's confused or if she's just trying her hardest to think of what to say yeah she, I think she understands Will's not Will's Mike's reaction I think she fully understands him reacting this way because at the end of the day they can't see what she sees no so they're just having to believe her word and they've just gone from her taking them to the buyer's house which you raise a good point how would she know that that's their house yeah because at that point lucas and even dustin to an extent are like no you know she's not right and all that but the boys haven't told her where will lives exactly so that says a lot exactly How the fact she that she that? got there you know but yeah and I, this is it because they don't get the upside down yet you understand their reaction of 
thinking, no, why are you taking us here? Why are you being stupid? Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, he's obviously not here, otherwise we wouldn't be looking for him. Exactly. Um, I, I feel so sorry for her, because in her mind, the word hiding was enough. Yeah. To explain it, but... Yeah. You know, if he was hiding in his house, they would have found him. Exactly, so, and... Like, from my point of view, when I had obviously seen Will's body being pulled out of the quarry, but I've just heard him say... Well, not heard him, but seeing the lights with with um, Joyce and him saying, you know, I'm alive. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's got to be in limbo. Yeah. He doesn't realise he's died and he is in limbo and he's not going to be able to pass on until he helps them solve solve the mystery yeah i remember my th- sort of thought pro- first of all i was gutted like, I, I was gutted because like, i was like this isn't it. how it works yeah well this isn't what happens well i wasn't like that i was sort of hopeful they'd be able to get him back but i had literally like a couple of days before this watched it and we all know what happens to georgie so i was for i what well, at this point i was like okay well he's dead now um, but yeah, again, like I say, I was gutted because I was hopeful they'd get him back. Yeah. And now, here's his body being pulled out of a body of water. Yet we've just had him talking through the light, saying he's alive. So what is that saying? It's alive. Is he a ghost? Yeah. Or I I don't know. What what what's going on? Yeah, literally, and, and that's it. So, this episode, especially obviously the first time watching, blew our minds. Yeah, again, and just gets you into that thing of I need the next episode. Write this. I need the next episode yesterday. <laughs> and that's it. it. It it just threw a massive curveball, and you can completely understand how we, how so many other people, binge watch this because they. They get you in, you need to know what happens next. Yeah, exactly. It is just one big nine, eight, whatever hour movie. Yeah. Like, there's not a moment where you can happily set aside the show and be like, oh, I'll continue later. Here's a good moment. No, they're bloody not. No. They have designed this show for binge watching. They know what they're doing. They fully know what they're doing. But speaking of eight to nine hour movies... I feel like this podcast has been eight to nine hours. <laughs> this episode, we have gone oh, all me. over the place. We we literally have gone all over the world. Oh, God. So we do apologise for going a bit off track there. But as we've always said, you know, this isn't edited. This is just us. And yeah. hopefully you accept us for the way we are. <laughs> Rambles and all. Well, if you're listening to this episode, unless this is the first episode you're listening to. Oh, you weirdo, poor things. <laughs> weirdo. Then I think you know us by now. And yeah. If, if, you're, if you're listening to this one, then I would hope you're willing to accept us. So Please. <laughs> you do you. You do you, people. And we'll do us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening. Um, we will be back on Monday with yeah. another rewatch. Yeah. Don't ask me what the chapter's called, Jack, because I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just remembered. It was the body. I'm sure it's the body. Ooh, I think you might be onto something. We'll tell you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.